Welcome to The Voice Podcast, a podcast showcasing the voices of the immigrant Canadian experience. It is a podcast for anyone looking to learn about the diversity of cultures that shape the country we call Canada. Everyone has a background, a story, and a perspective worth hearing. Our next guest on the podcast is Marina. She immigrated from Latvia and is currently living in Toronto. As I was saying, I realized that Latvia kind of just rolls off the tongue. Now say it with me, Latvia. <laughs> Anyways, Latvians are some of the tallest people. The average female is 170 centimeters and for male, it's 180 centimeters. So for anyone looking for these tall men, you know where to go. Over half of Latvia is covered by forests. So for all the nature lovers, this is your place to go to. So without further delay, hello and welcome. I just finished my HR degree with Seneca back in April. So it's been really weird, kind of overwhelming, underwhelming to graduate in the middle of the pandemic and finding a post-grad job. So that was quite a bit of a struggle, but it feels really good to be done and not be in school during a pandemic. I came to Canada when I was five, didn't know any English. Now it's my main internal language. So everything I think is in English. And I even noticed myself losing a little bit of Russian. I'm just working at Seneca right now as a compensation assistant. And I don't know what's going to be in the future for me. So (laughs) just kind of gliding through right now. Awesome. I know that you talked about you speaking Russian, something with the Soviet Union going on, you coming from Latvia. Do you mind just elaborating a little bit more on that? So it's kind of weird to explain to people, but a lot of Eastern European countries are Russian speaking just because when the Soviet Union took over, it took over the closest border countries. So a lot of Russian forces were moved in and a lot of Russian speaking people were either born or just resided there. So if you ever ask me, oh, what's your background? I'll always say Russian, even though I have a technically Latvian passport. And that's my first citizenship slash nationality. But yeah, I kind of identify more with uh, Russian culture just because my dad's from Russia. There's actually been a huge, huge cultural shift because Latvia wanted to take back their Latvian culture and strengthen it a little bit more. Generally, from what I've heard or from uh, my personal experience, there's a lot less Russian speaking people there now. So you talked about a lot of people emigrating from Latvia. Why did you guys decide to emigrate to Canada? Yeah, so for my dad, it was kind of, okay, well, my kids are young. I want them to have this opportunity to grow and to to kind of grow their career and stuff like that. So we moved out. Yeah, And uh, since then, it's been basically just our parents, you know, making <laughs> huge sacrifices to be able to work here. Because my dad back in Latvia, he was an electrical engineer. Mm-hmm. And my mom, she was a bookkeeper kind of slash accountant, essentially. Right. And here, my dad's a truck driver and my mom is working part-time as a bookkeeper. So they were able to retain some of their work. But in general, I find a lot of even Russian-speaking dads go into truck driving because it does earn pretty well. So what do you think was the biggest struggle for you? I don't think I had any significant struggles, but it was maybe the adapting of it. Because I remember even in grade one, I kind of found my first Russian-speaking friend. I was like, okay, we're going to be friends forever. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, 17 years later, we still are. So that's nice i think like every first generation immigrant kid experiences this Mm -hmm. when you bring a weird food to you know uh, to lunch and they're like oh ew what is that why are you eating like why does it smell weird and i'm like dude this is delicious you have no idea (laughs) what did you bring this is kind of like beet salad it's basically Mm -hmm. made with like peas carrots beets some people put sauerkraut but like in russian it's called kapusta so it's a little bit pungent but Oh man, it's it's delicious. (laughs) And I remember even as a kid, I I was jealous of the Western snacks, I guess, which would be Lunchables, you know, Capri Suns, all that stuff that you see on TV. And you're like, wow, that looks amazing. (laughs) 
So it's kind of like stuff like that where like they would, you know, stick to more traditionally like Russian foods. And I would want to be like, oh my God, like salt, sugar, yes, please <laughs> give it all to me. Yeah. You talk about family quite a bit, which is important because it's important, to, <laughs> important part of someone's life. But also that during the pandemic, you rely on your family to have that social interaction that you're lacking that you might not have with friendships. Tell me a little bit more about your family in terms of your relationships. So I definitely found out like the years went by, I started speaking more English to them. Mm -hmm. I definitely, we found this kind of like, I wouldn't say trend, but it's kind of like the Englishification of Russian words. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, exactly. Yeah, I have that as well, yeah. It's not like, oh, put it in the trash. It's like, oh, put it in the garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's it's little things like that. And I definitely, like, if I'm angry or my rant, I'm ranting to my mom, like, I'll definitely speak English more because I can kind of have more cohesive thoughts. Mm -hmm. But in general, I think my mom and I are pretty close, especially within the past uh, within the past couple of years. You know, I feel like as you kind of start growing into young adult and adult, you relate and understand their their perspectives, their decisions, their mindsets a little bit more. I'd say I definitely have a good relationship with my parents. I'm definitely a lot more closer with my mom than my dad, just because I know like he's a out a lot of the time for work. He tends to be a little bit more kind of quiet or not as social, I'd say. Had they not been your family, would you have been as close to them as you are? With my dad, I think probably not. I find myself to be like a really emotional person, super sentimental, very affectionate. Mm -hmm. And he tends to be a little bit more reserved. And I know that part of that comes from this Russian mentality, kind of like toxic masculinity. Men are discouraged to show feelings or emotions because it's not manly. I think it's more evident with his traditional values when you go a little bit back, because I know his dad was very man of the house type of person from what I've heard. I've never actually met him to remember him. And I think that's kind of stayed in Russia, which I'm pretty grateful for because I find that my dad is pretty open. My parents are both pretty open to change. There hasn't been a huge amount of resistance in adapting to Canada. And I find that my dad, especially he's a little bit more open. I think it's just personality traits that he's a little bit more reserved. My dad can sometimes come off as unintentionally rude. So my mom, for example, he'll be like, oh, we need to drive to this place. And I'm like, please, you know, please, we need to drive to this place. He'll be like, oh, call the repair shop. And I'm like, please call the repair shop. So it's stuff like that, where we definitely butt heads over that sometimes. But I, it's Honestly, just kind of little things in that sense. My dad is absolutely hilarious. He loves making people laugh. So there's definitely that kind of joking, you know, lightheartedness to him, which I really love about him. But I know definitely he's not always super emotionally expressive, which for me, that's kind of the opposite of me. I love being sentimental and expressing fondness for my loved ones and all that stuff. Even when I demand hugs or stuff like that, he's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Like, I gotta go, you know? <laughs> so he'll definitely cave, but it definitely takes a little bit of pushing, which... I get, but even talking about specific personality traits, my mom comes, my mom's background definitely in that is a little bit more, I don't know if it's kind of like a female thing where women are taught to, you know, kind of be polite and be open all the time. But my mom was telling me actually a couple of weeks ago where she went, when she first went to my dad's house in uh, Russia to meet the parents, I believe she was either a fiance or already married at this point or close to getting married. Mm -hmm. My mom was sitting at the table and she's like, oh, can you please pass the salt or can you please pass the potatoes? And my dad's mom was like, why do you say please all the time? And she was telling me this. I was like, whoa, that's that sounds really weird to me. Like, I can't yeah. I can't imagine doing that. One part of it is old culture, but the other part of it is also kind of like upbringing as well. But in general, my parents know I'm a feminist, you know, definitely more liberal than them. And they really don't have an issue with it. If I find that, you know, there's some kind of like social issues or something that's going on in the world, which at this point, there literally always is. I definitely bring it up to them because I do like to stay on top of these events and 
I do like to discuss it with them as well. It can definitely get a little bit overwhelming sometimes and, you know, personal feelings involved as well. So I just need to manage that as well. But I mean, I think it's great to expose them to that because even a pandemic now, like lines in stores and all that stuff. And they're like, oh, you know, in the Soviet Union, <laughs> when I was younger, when I was your age, um, like they literally had to stand in line for hours just to get like bread or meat or stuff like that. When I speak to them about the stuff, it really humbles me knowing what they went through because for us, it's quite literally unimaginable. I've been growing up in like a first world country from five years old. So I have never even come close to experiencing what they have. And sometimes I forget that as well. I know that you mentioned that when you saw the first Russian girl in your grade one class, you kind of clung <laughs> to her. So just curious to know in terms of diversity and the types of friends that is in your circle today, what does that circle look like? Very diverse, I'd say. I find that in the workplace and in school, you're just exposed to so many backgrounds and cultures all the time that you don't think twice about, oh, that person's different from me. You know, you obviously have your like, oh, my language is like this and yours is this, but it's more of kind of like, oh, this is cool and it adds to our personality versus a divisive thing. I remember even like grade one, I remember this girl had uh, henna tattoos and she was just really young. So I remember like, first of all, I thought it was like really cool, but really weird. I was like, oh, why, why isn't it coming off? And I know people in general tend to stick to their, like to their own, but I find that my two really close friends, they're Russian speaking. I have another friend, she's Korean, another friend who her background is um, Irish and Scottish. My other friend, he's born here, but he's half black. I find especially through, through work, it was definitely like like whoever is near you, you you kind of like just like attract whichever personality like comes together. Yeah, so I find that it hasn't really. I find that like living in Canada, especially in Toronto. I, I shouldn't say Canada because um I know Toronto and Vancouver are kind of like the more diverse cities. I'm really really grateful that specifically we came to Toronto to live, just because I was so exposed to these cultures all the time, and I genuinely think that made me a more accepting person. I think that it's helped me become kind of like a more liberal person, somebody who's a little bit more left-leaning. I remember specifically in kindergarten, it was a very Russian area. I found like the Russian speaking people and I was like, oh, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> yes, let's go. Yeah. And I my dad, so my friend that I met, so her name is Masha, but she, I was like, oh, cool. Like you speak Russian. Awesome. Cool. Go, come home. And then I was like, dad, like I found this Russian speaking friend. It's so cool. It's awesome. He's like Russian. Like you should be speaking English. Go make English friends. <laughs> and now it's like, well, okay. I'm super fluent in English, but yeah. my Russian is kind of going down the drain. So awesome. yeah. But the funny thing is she was actually, she lived in my building as well. So I had no idea, but it really helped cement our friendship as well. Yeah. I find, especially as a child, I definitely remember one difference was, oh, you speak Russian? Okay, cool. Other kids, I think, as I started speaking more English, it was cultural differences, I'd say maybe like non, I'd say it was like cultural differences where, you know, like in food and clothes and background or like experiences, that's where you kind of notice the difference because you're like, oh, that's different from what I've I've had. Mm -hmm. So it was really nice to kind of, to kind of get that exposure. You definitely would, would notice a difference, but I mean, when you're playing tag, it doesn't really matter who's who, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I would say it's a lot easier to make friends from different backgrounds, especially when you're a lot Mm -hmm. younger. But how does that change as you get older? How do you convert the friends that you're playing tag with Mm -hmm. into friends that you'd have these deep conversations with about values and beliefs, etc.? Well, one thing that I find is a lot of my friends are either first or second generation immigrants. So I think a lot of kids can relate to that immigrant household growing up. So it just brings you even closer together. And we all, you know, have this big expectation on your shoulders, like, oh, well, your parents left everything they had for a better life so go get your better life so I think a lot of a lot of immigrant kids can kind of relate to that pressure as well it probably more a personality attraction a 
especially at work where you have people who are very diverse in terms of background and age. I like for me, it was more kind of like who I worked the, mo- the best with. So I worked at Starbucks for three years. And, you know, when you're in a very like small area with a lot of like high pressure and like yeah. long lines, you got to yeah. work fast, you kind of like, you can definitely pick up on like who has a good work ethic or who's, you know, a little bit weaker in some aspects or who you work well with together. I think it really comes down to is connecting with them as a person as opposed to connecting them as someone who comes from a different country. So I might dive into the lightning round right now. All right. So the first question is what adjective best describes the Latvian culture or the Russian culture? I would probably say big. When you say culture, my first thought goes to, oh, family, friend, gatherings. And that just tends to be a lot of people with a lot of different salads. (laughs) So yeah, for me, I'd probably say big. Okay, got it. What is your favorite dish from the Latvian culture? And can you describe it? Ooh, favorite dish. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint like a specific dish because a lot of Eastern Europe like shares their own variations. Mm -hmm. But it's more of a Russian salad. It's called uh, Olivia which is like a staple every New Year's, every birthday, every gathering. Yeah, Olivier is like absolutely delicious and I recommend it. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. What lesson took you the longest to learn? Ooh, that things won't come to you on their own. (laughs) You have to take action and you have to work for them. Give a little bit of a story for that one? Kind of, yeah. Basically, I found in first year, I was really stagnant in uh, what I was doing and where I was. So my same friend, Masha, she one of the things that she pushed me to do, it was to actually eat better and um, work out more. So over the course of a year, I lost 50 pounds. And over the course of the next year, I'd lost another 10. So in a healthy, good kind of little way manner. So I found that made me a lot more motivated and a lot more active in other parts of my life as well, because I lesson for that was like, oh, you have to work if you want to achieve a healthier lifestyle. So for that, that kind of translated into other aspects of my work as well. And I think um, I take a lot more initiative than I used to. Well, kudos to you. Yeah, I don't think there's ever <laughs> a late time in your life to be intentional with it and no better time than now. Okay, so fourth question, what are you most proud of yourself for? Wow, honestly, one of the things that I was really, really proud of for myself was finishing off school because I know that a lot of it was the whole reason that we came here. So finishing off that three-year degree program and then transferring to the, pro- the sorry, three-year certificate and then transferring to the degree and finishing it off was like, whoa, like I'm done, done. I was kind of just steamrolling through the entire thing up until the end. And once I was done, I was pretty proud of my marks as well. I think I did, I got a 3.9 out of a 4.0 GPA. So wow. I was pretty happy. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so I think that was definitely my proudest moment. I remember, like, we obviously didn't have graduation, but I'm still determined to have a grad party. (laughs) But opening up the folder and seeing my degree, I was like, wow, this feels really, really good. (laughs) So that brings us to the end of the last episode of February 2021. And Irina helped reinforce a few things for me. Number one, sometimes sharing opinions and stories with people from differing perspectives can be frustrating, but with an open mind, it can open the door to new discussions. When Marina shared her thoughts on the pandemic with her parents, she heard about their times in the Soviet Union and found that to be a humbling experience. Number two, form friendships on the basis of personalities and not on the basis of race or culture. Remember when you were a kid and everyone was a friend? Let's live in that mindset. As Marina put it so eloquently, when you're playing tag, it doesn't really matter who is who. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, leave a comment or review. And if you don't like what you hear, let me know as well. Hope to see you soon. Bye.